Welcome to WP Tonic, Episode 9. Today we have Kim Doyle, and Jonathan will be interviewing her, and they'll both be talking about WordPress and basically running agencies and businesses. No matter what your business is, this is a really good episode to listen to. Jonathan really asked Kim some tough questions, and Kim's got some great answers. Also, I really encourage you to go over to Timelines of Success. Within 24 hours of posting this show, we're going to have Kim's timeline up. So, without further ado, let's get right into the conversation with Kim and Jonathan. It was actually Kim that suggested that I should um, do podcasting, wasn't it, Kim? Yeah, it's it's been great for my connection and audience. Um, it's super fun, but yeah, I love it. I think, you know, if you've got something to, to provide value, it's everybody, any market can do it if you're coming from that place. Yes. So, Kim, um, I think our WP Tonic is a mixture. It's kind of print designers, people that are online marketers that work with WordPress. Um, I think it's business owners that want for whatever reason, to try and get a website and do it themselves. It's a diverse group, but I wouldn't say that um, the top developers listen to WP Tonic. But we've got um, people that want to know more about how to utilise WordPress. So what my first question to you is, um, I hear a lot from uh, freelancers and also from business owners that have had some bad experiences with either a business owner or the business owners had a bad experience with uh, a freelancer and it's led to a slight bad taste in both parties what would you what's your advice to the design to the freelance developer and also to the kind of business owner about who they should choose to work with and what should be the kind of agreement um, to avoid troubles? Sure. Well, from the freelancer developer side of things, I, I think the longer you do this, and unfortunately, the only way to learn some of this is to go through it and experience it because when you're getting started, you just want the work, you know, and you, you kind of take on stuff. I remember sitting on Skype with people for four hours, changing the CSS. Okay, refresh. And it's like... There's no way I would do that today. Um, but a couple things is I think that you need to have some definitive red flags. So when you're having a conversation with somebody and, you know, have sort of a list of even five bullet points that are non-negotiable red flags. So if they ask me, you know, well, would you do it for this cost and start negotiating price? I can I can guarantee you, you're going to regret taking that job. Um, if somebody wants to get you know, multiple opinions from their family about color, you know, if they can't make a decision, and you can tell that right away, I think with somebody, if they're not willing to say, okay, great, I trust you, go for it, whatever. Um, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have some say in what, what happens by any means, but if they're indecisive, it's going to be a nightmare, you know, so you need to come up with sort of your own list of things, and you need to be willing to say no, that hands down, you need to be willing to say no to somebody. Um, quick little story is I had somebody recently contact me, because she wanted sort of a, a single page site, but you know, maybe a contact and a blog and whatnot. Um, and I think it was a direct marketing company she was in. And these other two people were on page one of Google, right? And she thought it was going to be a couple hundred bucks. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, and so I told her the price and well, and then she starts emailing me SEO questions and how can I get on? And, and I just said, 
you know, it doesn't sound like you're ready to make a decision. I wish you the best of luck in your business. Like I'm done. I, I'm not going to teach you for free. And I, I don't know what the perception is. So you have to be willing to say no as a freelancer. So you have to have that bottom line non-negotiable. And if you don't measure what you're doing, your time, and trust me, I wasn't great about that when I was getting started. But now that I have a team that I work with, I track every hour, you know, because it's it needs to be profitable for me because I pay them. My time costs money. If they want to get on the phone with me, it's going to cost them money. It's part of the project. So you know, you have to have those standards set for yourself. Oh, that's great. So um, what about the business owner? What should they be looking for? I think the business owner needs a couple things. And and I'm, I wish I had the link. Maybe you can put it in the show notes. But Chris Lima just wrote a post on, um, on this exact same thing. You know, we're basically, let's say you've had a bad experience with a dentist. You don't go into the next dentist and ask for a discount because of your last dentist, not being who you thought they should have been, right? And so, you know, the responsibility, there has to be some responsibility on the client's end that if you don't know enough about this and you want to hire, then you need to do your due diligence and either look at, you know, do a little bit of market research and find out, do you want to work with somebody that's just, you know, if you want someone to show up in your office every week and you need to find that person that's going to do that. Um, I, you know, I had a local client, well, maybe you could come down the office every day. I'm like, that's fine. It's $125 every time. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like this concept. So you have to really decide what it is you want, the time frame you want it done in. And it's not just about the cost of the website. I think the business owner needs to say, what do I expect? What is the ROI that I expect to get by having this website up? So quick example, I've got a local client that's a fencing company and they really where their big um, problem comes in is a lot of people, the, the owner gets up on the phone with people too much explaining things. And I said, we need to do, you know, a contact form that sort of pre-qualifies these people because th- this company actually shops their vendors for them. They're not a Home Depot and you're going to get a better job. They need to go out and measure. They're not just going to, you know, name off a price because they're the cheapest. So for them, it's really important that we create this sort of pre-qualification. So, so sitting and having that conversation, the business owner knew what they needed their website to do. They were paying like $3,000 a month for AdWords that they have no way of measuring uh, and and a yellow pages thing. And I just said, you don't need to do that. You know, if you want to advertise great, but let's test Facebook. I mean, you can do it for $5 a day. If you cannot get results from what you're paying for, you know, so they were very clear on, look, they're spending, I kid you not. Um, I don't know, three, four hundred, $500 a year on hosting. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you don't need to do that either. So they knew, look, we need something that looks good. And this is what we need the website to do. And I was referred to them from another local client. So they trusted him and, you know, they were very clear. We want people to know that this is the market we work in, all that stuff. So the business owner needs to be really clear on what that website is supposed to do for them and what they expect to get back from the investment of having it made. Yeah, that's great, Kim. I think that was excellent advice. But I hear a lot from a lot of freelancers and Troy of AWP Elevation um, provides a training um, environment for freelancers. I hear that from, I hear this from him, and I hear it from a lot of freelancers. We just don't have enough clients. And do you think um, there is a shortage of clients or is it that the developers are, there's a lot of good clients out there and it's just that 
developers don't market themselves very well or what you must hear this a lot as well so if you've got any insights what is the crux of the problem yeah it, it's funny because i'm uh just a new coaching client i started working with yesterday i want to i think she's in southwest florida and really feels you know that either people they're uh they want it done for very inexpensive um and you know so and there's not a lot of clients or there's a lot of competition whatever so i hear that a lot and i'll tell you what i have never (laughs) until now as i'm shifting gears i've never marketed websites ever i don't even email my list that i do them and for a while i took it it's, it's not you can't really find an easy way to hire me to do a website for you. And it's not this sort of exclusive thing. I'm, I'm so, my ego is not, doesn't go there at all. It comes from a place of, you know, people see me creating videos. So I've established myself as somebody who gets their problem, right? And so I'll, if I find a, a great event calendar that was easy to set up and manage, I'm going to create a video on it. Anytime I find stuff that I love, I create videos. But, you know, I have set myself up I, as somebody who gets the pain of the customer and they see me talking to them in a language that makes sense to them. So that's one thing. But in terms of, you know, finding that website client, there are plenty, there are people out there that will very easily spend six, ten thousand $10,000, whatever for a website. It's just, you need to put yourself in front of them. Right. So you think, so I'm just paraphrasing what you're saying you think it might be and we've discussed this before in private you think it's um, attitude and maybe a lack of um, getting yourself out there basically yeah and you know the attitude piece it's funny because it's you again you have to be willing to tell somebody no and this is going to sound esoteric but it's just kind of who I am Whenever I say no to the people that, like the person who wanted it done for cheap and wanted all those SEO questions answered for free, and I was like, no. As soon as I said no to that, something else showed up that was better. And it it does happen. But the thing is, we live in a global market. And the few local clients, and please, I'm not bashing my community, but I can't tell you how many times I would go sit with somebody and and they get all excited, but they really don't want to do the work with the content and the time that gets involved with this. And so I just made it a point of saying, you know, I don't belong to the chamber. I don't go to BNI meetings. I don't do any of that. And it's not that there aren't people in this community that would be great to connect with, but I've connected with people globally. I've had clients in Australia. I've got clients all over the world and so and all over the States. And it's simply a matter of, who do I want to work with? So I can tell you as an example, you know, I have started investing in paid traffic this year, this year in terms of growing my coaching. And now with these, these other elements in my business, I can target who I want to work with. And I wish if anybody is listening to this, I wish somebody had taught me about paid traffic when I first started. It's a simple investment. You know, when I think to the local client who was investing like $3,000 a month in AdWords with no definitive tangible return, I thought, you know what you could do on Facebook for that or or find the right market. Again, but the fact that you can go in and say, look, I want to target people that are 35 to 55 years old. Their income level is 100,000 and more. They've graduated college. These are my keywords. And you test. You can say, I'm going to spend five bucks today and see what that does for me. See if I get some click-throughs. The fact is, 
paid traffic. It's it's just like advertising with direct mail. It's just for some reason people get hesitant about paid traffic online and it, it's super smart to do it. So you need to start connecting. Go on to social media, get in groups, you know, uh, Twitter lists, follow those people who are in your audience, not your peers, but who are your target market. So you clearly have to get, you know, you have to get very clear on who is my ideal customer. And for me, it's like, there's there's a point now where I'm like, I only want to touch sites if they're $5,000 or more. Because if I can do X, Y, Z, and it's going to produce, you know, if I can get on the phone with somebody for coaching, that's going to give me a better return. It's something I love doing. Why would I take work that's good, takes more headache? Do you know what I'm saying? So you have to get clear on who do I want to work with? And I can tell you what, this has been my experience, but the more the site costs, the easier the client is to work with. They're too busy in their own business. They trust you to do your job. And those are people that I have no problem. They call me at six, seven o'clock. I'm like, hey, what can I do for you? You know, it's the people that, quick question, quick question, quick question all day long. And they want to get on Skype and they want to get on the phone and they don't want to pay for my time. It's just, it's it's not a conducive relationship. I, sorry, no, I was on a tangent no, there. <laughs> no, but... um. I just want to delve a little bit because I think you got to the stage where you're getting enough quality referrals and enough serious inquiries that you can start um, to utilize your team and be selective. But a lot of lot of developers they're just struggling to find people that they can do proposals. So, well, I think to paraphrase what you said, I think. Are you saying that it was the website, the the podcast, the outreach that was linked to that that enabled you to establish yourself where you were getting enough quality inquiries that enabled you to establish your business? Yeah, it was, you know, and the podcast, remember, is only a year and a half old, maybe so. And I've been doing this for about six and a half years, but doing videos, you know, I've got a YouTube channel, it's got I don't know, over 70,000 views, which is not huge in YouTube standards, but they're all WordPress. So think about it, you know? So from that, and I wish I could tell you that I was diligent about my social engagement. I wasn't consistent. It's been through this mastermind that I'm in, which teaches Facebook advertising, that I've said, you know what? I am going to show up so fully. I'm going to provide tons of value. And the referral piece simply came from sticking with it. I, I wish, Jonathan, that I could tell you I had a tighter strategy with it, but I stuck with it. And it did come from relationships. So I had a relationship with a client um, that then referred me to some coaches she was working with. And then they sent, you know, we did sort of discounted sites, but they would send me every single coaching client. And they went out and they sold their coaching program. So every single person that needed a site came to me. So you have to establish relationships. I mean, this whole thing with the outsourcing, it was is really in, in, you know, talking to Troy Dean. And he said, hey, I'd like to open this up. I'd like to test it. And let's open it up to my members. And I thought, it's something I've been doing for like three years and have been building. But it was because I'd established a relationship with Troy already. You know, he had me on his show. I had him on mine. He's a great guy. It was, it's the relationships are what's going to get you the work. But don't, I see too many developers that that spend most of their time engaging and talking with peers. Yes, That's not I, who's going to pay you. I do agree with you, um, but there, there's all sorts of type of you know. I would call myself. I like the online marketing, but I also like getting deep into the code. And maybe a, you get some developers that work for agencies, digital agencies, as a as a outsource and they don't directly deal with clients you get other 
developers that are really top end um, word I would call them WordPress engineers where they're really making plugins or applications for various people and then you have people like me that have probably got good technical skills but also like dealing um, with the business issues as well and I think you like dealing with the business issues and the strategy don't you? I love it. You know, it's funny because I had a, a client, a previous client come back to me. She's doing this and I just got an email from her this morning that said, okay, you know, she sent her deposit and I sent this email and she said, okay, thanks. God, I forgot how much work is involved in this first part because I'm looking at who she is, what she's established and who her audience is. You know, and our first call w- was like an hour long and she said, oh my God, I always feel like a fire hydrant was turned on after I got off the phone with you because I can see her audience would be perfect for a podcast. And so it's it's what is that compelling offer that you're going to provide? And, you know, people get hung up on on certain things. And it's like, well, if you're not getting the opt-ins, we need to tweak that. Or, or who is your audience? I can't tell you, and I would be curious to know if this is an experience you've had, how many people you've created sites for and you go back a year later and there's nothing changed. Oh, um, unfortunately, um, it's a very common experience. It's a common experience. And I've seen people sort of in this quote unquote, internet marketing spaces who and who have paid $10,000, $12,000 a year for a coach, they get the site up, they're all excited, they've got their system and their service, and but they will not talk to their audience. I go back, I'm like, you haven't written a blog post. You need to stop going to conferences and buying into coaching until you start doing the work. And that goes back to that book I recommended with, um, with Bill. You need to show up and do the work. And it is scary. Here's the whole thing. People get afraid. I did it for a long time. Who am I? You know, all that stuff. And then I just said, forget it. The people who don't like the way I talk or who don't like the content I provide are never going to buy from me anyways. You know, yes. but so you have to, show to up. clarify, I think what you what you were saying to me initially, because I didn't realize the pod, you know, your podcast is fantastic and I've learned an enormous amount from it is that it was the kind of, um, I think it was the genesis and doing the videos and getting established on YouTube and being your own voice and the type of people you were attracting to the website and confirming who you were, but also offering value through your training videos. It was a mixture of all these things that enabled you to move on. Would that be a fair... It is. And I have to tell you, you know, with which eat with each of those different elements, because they've happened at different times, you know, it's sort of new level, new devil. <laughs> each time you, you step into something new, there's going to be fear and doubt. The first time I hired people, because you there comes a point as a developer that you cannot grow your business because there are only so many hours. Well, you're going to burn out, you. aren't you, Kim? Absolutely. And also then then I always, I started feeling like, Okay, well, great. I'm building everyone else's business, but mine. I don't. I don't have any time to blog. I don't have any time to create valuable content, videos, whatever. I don't have time to create a product. And you know, I made six hundred and fifty dollars by Monday morning of this week, starting on Sunday through affiliate commissions and and product sales. And I don't push that stuff. Okay, that's something that should I be driving ads? Yeah, but you know, when I get affiliate commissions, it's simply through stuff that I use and recommend. I provide value, and if they buy, great. That's not why I'm doing it. But do you know what I'm saying? So each person's going to have to find that space for themselves, but it does not happen overnight. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who said, yeah, affiliate marketing. I'm like, well, I'm going to give a really quick side note. Um, Do you know who Keith Davis is? I've heard the name. Okay, he's a UK guy. Um, 
he's he's a Genesis user, but he's also fallen fallen in love with Divi. I would be so curious. I should ask him one of these days what sort of affiliate commissions he makes from Elegant Themes because he's created this website strictly devoted to Divi. He's got to have. 20 video tutorials showing you how to do Divi. He's constantly providing value and content. I would be floored if he wasn't making a couple thousand dollars a month off of Divi because of the value that he provides. And he uses it for his business. But do you see what I'm saying? It's like he fell in love with it. He provided value. And, and I'm sure it's paying off for him. So with the web developers, you need to show up where your audience is, where your customers are. That's that's the big key. Yeah, and also I think um, a lot of developers, you probably have heard of Jennifer Bourne of Bourne Creative. Yep, I've interviewed her. <laughs> um, she's a very, like you, like you extremely uh, smart lady. But she, I heard uh, I had a conversation with her a couple of days ago and also I've heard, heard her on um, Troy's podcast. And she's, um, she came out with something that was a bit of an eye-opener, which I think a lot of freelancers and... Is she said um, they use it interfusion in a in a in a way where the as soon as the client signs the contract, gives the deposit check, they get they get a stream of pre-designed emails that explain to the client what the process is mm-hmm. and and what's happening in the background where you might not hear from us for a few days but it doesn't mean that we're not working on your project and these are the things we're going to be doing and um, this is the process and all these have been pre-worked out and they go to the client over a period of time and um, she says because I think you know there are some abusive clients but also there's a lot of misunderstanding and lack of knowledge and I thought that was a very creative method of using technology to avoid problems. It is it's basically giving your your customer an overview of the process and you know we set that all up I use teamwork and same thing and that's why where I've brought on support I don't email clients logos and updates the VA does, the project manager does. They stay in the loop with them. And then they realize, you know, I get a report every morning. Okay, here's the status of all the projects. And it'll say, haven't heard back, we'll follow up today. Because you know what that's like waiting on content and all that stuff. So I don't have to be involved in that. So I get to do what I do best. And when it comes to, you know, the because there are I've had, trust me, I've had plenty of horrendous clients. um, And those clients are you know, that's just part of life. I've accepted that now. It's no different than when I was in retail management and I would have somebody who I knew stole something, wanting cash back, a refund, whatever, or berating a clerk or whatever it was. People are people. And, you know, I, I think that you're just going to run into that. I had a client recently, contract sign everything. They decide the balance. They're going to send me half until we do training. And I have specific dates on things because of that instance. And here's somebody I'd, I had, we had done so many extra things. And so it was like, well, if you're going to, if, if you don't pay it, then I'm going to turn your site off. And they went ballistic. It's like, well, you're kidding me, right? And I stood firm. Do they like me? No. Will I ever get a referral from them? No. Do I want their business in the future? No. And so, if you look at it, like my aunt always says, think like Spock, right, from Star Trek. It's it's pull the emotion out. And if you look at the facts, the, the reality is we're going to have a percentage of those people all the time. It, it's sort of, you know, the 80-20 rule and whatever. But it's just part of life. And so you can't control who they are. You can control how you respond to it, though. 
Yeah, and I, I think also it's um, they you know you, there's such a diversion. They look at sites that are from very large companies that got very large design and development groups um, working on them, and th- they want a similar site, but it's totally out of their budget, and um, it, it, they just don't understand. Um, and you want it, it it really just needs a lot of thought and handling and a lot of developers freelancers that's not their thing is it no and so that's just it again if it's not your thing to be the face the client communicator whatever then you need to hire somebody that will do that you know it's when i gave the example earlier of a restaurant it's you know you wouldn't have a restaurant owner open a restaurant thinking he's going to cook, wait tables, bus tables, be the hostess, right? So you look at all of those and I get, you know, maybe that's sort of a stretch as an example. But when it comes down to it, this the the tighter you hold on to those reins, you're not going to grow. You are going to be stuck in time for money and frustration. It, it's, it's inevitable. It's a vicious cycle and you're never going to get out of it until you start saying. And every time I did that, it was a risk. I didn't know if I could afford this annual you know, uh, programmer, monthly retainer, but I, I I stepped into it. And it was the best thing I ever did. Whatever that looks like. I'm not saying people need to hire a program, whatever. But if you're not good at being the face of communicate sales, you know, you talk about that. And it's like, okay, if you had someone out there that was willing to sell $5,000 sites for you, that you said, I'll give you a $1,000 commission off of every site you sell commission only, and they were great at it, would you would you spend, you know what I mean? Would you be willing to give up that $1,000? And that's the point. You know, it's like this Facebook group I'm in, they'll spend five grand every day to make six, hands down. And people aren't willing to make that investment sometimes. So you have to look at where, if you need someone to go out and get business, find a commission salesperson, get them to go do it for you. And also, I don't know if you agree with this, um, because uh, I've been involved um in web design for over 19 years and I've been running my own company for about five to six years and because of the period that I started I had a lot of clients who were on reflect this is with reflection Kim were looking for me to save their business they were looking to get a web presence because their existing business or their existing marketing techniques weren't really working anymore and they were looking at me as a kind of savior and that's a very difficult situation to be placed in because a they're 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 normally utilizing reserves mm-hmm. and they're facing cash flow problems and also they they are unrealistic in wanting results very quickly and so that's the that's the client you say no to then. If you don't want that responsibility, do you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's something that that becomes a personal conversation. You sort of need to do a little bit of deep digging because I don't want that either. I've been in that situation with partners, right, where we say, hey, let's create this course or let's do this. And they're banking on that being what brings in the income to take care of bills. And, you know, it, it's that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of responsibility. And if you do something and it doesn't go the way you want, are you willing to measure and test and reevaluate until it works if it's something the market wants? You know, so that situation with with a client, that's when you say, you know what? Because you know, here, 
So I'm doing this PowerPoint for this video that I'm going to be putting out. And it's it's targeting web designers and freelancers, right? Developers. And so to, to let them know I understood their pain, I went and found some funny quotes and, and stuff. And I found this picture of it's Jean-Luc Picard, right, from Star Trek. And he's got his his face in his hands. And the top of it says, and then the client said, and then the bottom says, and I want to be ranked on page one tomorrow. <laughs> right? So everybody's ha- so I, I think part of it is getting that it, you're not alone in this and th- those people they do they show up it's it's you being able to say no and turn it away yeah if you can but i i think i think the reality is that um i actually think if you got if there's problems with your business there's problems with your existing it's a physical store or it's business to business there's actual problems in the company having increasing your exposure on the internet actually will only mirror and increase the exposure of your problems um so you need to sort out your company first and um, and that you know before you start showing it on the internet a lot and the kind of investment you'll probably be looking at will to get realistic results, it will probably be the same in the kind of investment levels you'll be looking at in the physical world. Well, that's just it. And it's, you know, it, it's like it, you have to be willing to invest in in your business. And it doesn't matter if it's, it's so, it, and here's one thing that I would question and ask any web developer or designer out there. You want your clients to invest in you. Do you invest in your business or are you doing everything? And I I get it that when you need that money, but it's like, what are you willing to do to, you, you don't have all the answers. I didn't know how to do advertising. And so, yeah, I'll spend the money for someone to show me how to do that. And, you know, it's, I, I'm not a programmer. So I'm going to spend the money to get someone to do that while I continue building the brand and the audience. So it's something that, you know, if you don't have the money to, and I'm not judge. This is not a judgment. If you don't have the money to invest in your business, then let your business be part time and get a job, so that you're. Because if you bring that that angst and that stress and that oh my god, I can't pay my bills, to everything you do, nothing's going to work. You know, and that's yes, sort of getting a little they, esoteric. I, I I agree with you because subconsciously they um, people can sense it, can't they? Yeah. Um, so I, I just think um, I wanted to discuss that with you because um, I, I think you can, companies can benefit greatly from a good web presence and from building up emails, lists, and um, but it takes more time and it will take a lot more effort than what they think it will. It It absolutely does. And so... You know, I think maybe part of that where you were saying, you know, the customer who thinks that you're going to come in and, and turn everything around for them, it's making sure that they understand a a there's a realistic expectation and time frame for this that, you know, it takes time unless you want to buy traffic, which you can do. But if you want this to happen organically, you know, the defense company that I'm working with locally They've got, they get plenty of business and they're very involved in the community. They, for them, it was really like, look, we need, we know something, we know we need something that looks better and it needs, we're spending all this money. So can we, we need something that looks better that brings in our leads. It was, it was kind of basic, right? But so somebody has to understand. And, and so that's the responsibility of the freelancer or web developer. Yes. Say, this is what I can do. This is up to you. And, and if you don't provide marketing services, then 
have a relationship with somebody that does. Uh, Kim, um, I just we need to wrap it up. So I just want to ask you a couple quick questions. Mm-hmm. What's your feelings about social media? Because I get a lot of clients that um, are very enthusiastic initially about it. And then they become very negative about it and about they feel that it's been a total waste of time and it and it's they become very very negative about it and I've got a kind of middle ground about it so I just wanted to see what your feelings are about it um I will never profess to be a social media expert let's just (laughs) clarify that I spend most of my time on Facebook I'm on every account and I and I share my content everywhere but it's how you choose to show up I have gotten I I kid you not probably five to six people in the last couple weeks saying God, you know, I love all the content you're sharing. You're such a thank you. Where do you find all this stuff? And it's just, I, and people have said, I can tell you're showing up more. I'm so glad that you're, you're here. So, and, and those are my potential customers. Let me just say that, that I'm showing up where they're showing up. So again, it doesn't happen overnight. I want to say that my increase in engagement on Facebook has probably been three to four months. You know, I, I mean, again, sharing there, but I mean, I'm talking posting four or five times a day, finding valuable content talking to my audience, it does not happen overnight. And so you, you know, it's kind of like anytime you put an offer in front of somebody, they may have to see it four or five times before they're willing to make that buy. For me, it was picking one platform. Like I said, I'm everywhere and I will respond to people on Twitter, but I don't spend my time on Twitter. I just, I can't do it all. So I'm like, you know what, where can I show up? And I'm going to show up there fully. Yeah. And my final question, um, what would be your if you could choose one little bit of advice to a freelancer um, about building up their business, if you just could give, you know, you only had like two minutes and you had to choose one thing that they should really concentrate or give them a tip that would really help build their business, what would that be? In terms of getting more clients? more Yes, or getting a better quality of business, a lifestyle. Okay, so I'm going to do two answers based on... One is if you've got the money, spend it on traffic and target your ideal customer. And so that means creating something of value. You need, every business comes down to three things, offers, leads, and sales, right? If you don't have a compelling offer, you're not going to generate a lead, which is not going to generate a sale. So if you have some money, learn how to get yourself in front of, and again, Facebook advertising is easy. It's cheaper than Google AdWords. You can really pick who you want to be in front of. So that's one. If you don't have the budget right now, and this is not a judgment, then you need to really start showing up providing value. You need to talk to your customers through your blog, through video, through social media, but start providing value and building relationships. And the relationships don't always have to be with customers. They can be with influencers, whether that is you know, somebody in, in your space or somebody that maybe they've got clients that you can then work with. But you have to invest in it, whether it's money or time. This is just not going to happen because you put up a website and, and have a business card. Oh, that was great, Kim. So thank you so much for being a guest, Kim. I, I think um, hopefully you've enjoyed the experience of me and Bill interviewing you. You've been a fabulous guest and the insights that you've provided have been fantastic. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to WP Tonic. You can find it on iTunes just by typing in WP Tonic, or you can find the website at wp-tonic.com. Also encourage you to go on over to Timelines of Success on iTunes. That is Timeline of Success. And the webpage is timelineofsuccess.com. 
and catch my interview with Kim about her timeline.